0: There is a great thing about no longer taking classes, and I know some of you are professors here, so I hope you're not too horrified. But one of the great things of no longer taking classes is I can now use Wikipedia as a resource and declare it. And now every year I make a donation to Wikipedia because my homilies depend on Wikipedia so much, especially Saints. But anyway, our readings today are about leprosy and so let me share with you some of what i've learned about leprosy from wikipedia the laws in leviticus about leprosy are not necessarily the modern disease that we call hansen's disease which is what we usually mean but when we talk about leprosy today For the ancient Jews, leprosy meant any kind of malady that affected the human skin or even fabrics so that they became whitish in appearance. The thought was that this was the beginning of a losing of life, and they also believed it was highly contagious. So we'll hear part of the Levitical laws today, and even with the best of intentions for public safety, these laws turned lepers into social outcasts. Even today, there are colonies for people with Hansen's disease throughout the world. In India, there are more than 1,000 leper colonies today. But other people in the world, besides those who are lepers, are considered social outcasts. Today is the day to ask ourselves, do we ever declare people to be outcasts when there are ways for us to help them flourish within our society? How does Jesus challenge us to do better? If you wish, said the leper to Jesus, you can make me clean. Wouldn't it be so much simpler if we could cure people the way Jesus did? Then there will be no leper colonies in India, Romania, Egypt, Nepal, Somalia, Liberia, Vietnam, or Japan. Here's the shocking thing. Humans developed effective medical treatments for leprosy in the 1930s, and there's an even more effective multi-drug therapy that's been around since the 1980s. Moreover, Hansen's disease, the modern name for leprosy, is not very contagious. 95% of people have natural immunity, and the infectious stage lasts only two weeks. Now, it may be difficult in some poor countries to completely eradicate leprosy, but clearly, lepers do not need to be quarantined for life. If we wished to spend the financial and emotional resources, we could make all lepers clean. This is an interesting thing to look at you as we start to open up the Gospel of Mark this year. One of the great themes of Mark is the tensions between the insiders and the outsiders. We're still in the first chapter. Jesus has caught the attention of all kinds of people through his healings. But as he preaches throughout the Gospel of Mark, many people will drift away from him. But even in this first chapter, we have this first paradoxical reversal of fortune. The leper is able to return to society but Jesus is forced to the deserted places. But is going to the desert necessarily a bad thing? Lent is almost upon us. Here's your warning for this year. Two shopping days until Ash Wednesday. (laughs) We are about to enter our season of heading out into the desert with Jesus. About this time two years ago, Pope Benedict stunned the world by resigning from the papacy. And that led to a very unusual thing. It was the first time in modern history that cardinals gathered for a conclave, and before they have the actual conclave, they gather for this pre-conclave where they talk about what the needs of the church are. Well, for the last 600 years, it's been a combination, talk about what the church needs, and eulogize the last pope. But because Benedict freely resigned, it led to a much freer discussion of what the needs of the church were. Many people would say the most radical thing that has happened in the church in the last two years is not what Pope Francis has done, but what Pope Benedict did in resigning. And in those speeches, there was one guy who made a very impassioned speech about what was needed in the church. And he said, I quote, there is a tension between the center and the periphery. We must get out of ourselves and go toward the periphery. That speech obviously made an impression because it was given by a man named Jorge Borjo who is now known as Pope Francis. Are we doing all we can as Christians to go out to the periphery? No because it requires us to take real risks. It requires us to make sacrifices as Jesus continually makes in the Gospel of Mark. But there's probably another reason, a bigger reason why we don't go out to the periphery more. And it's a fear that we have of something that isn't true. We're scared that if we touch lepers in our society, we will be contaminated. But that's not the case. We can declare others clean without becoming unclean ourselves. In that same speech that Francis, back then, Jorge, gave, he talked also about the greatest risk of faith coming from failing to reach out to the peripheries. He said, and I quote again, we must avoid the spiritual disease of the church that can come from becoming self-absorbed. When this happens, the church itself, Become sick. I would like to issue a challenge to each of us to reach out to the peripheries this Lent. And because we have a pretty diverse community, I have one challenge for residents of the community and I have another one for students. So, those of you who are visiting who are sort of in between, pick one. First of all, for the residents, that's most of you at this Mass. In America today, the people who are most treated as lepers, I believe, are the mentally ill. In 1963, this country pledged through passing a law that we would provide resources for the mentally ill to be better integrated into society. We have failed in that promise at the national, state, and local level. Last week alone, TenCare announced that they would possibly be making major cuts to mental health case management to those people who are mentally ill but living at home. And there's a real belief that these people, if they receive less help, are going to reel from crisis to crisis and more likely end up in our emergency rooms, which are probably one of the worst places for trying to care for them. And even more damning, closer to home, here in Knoxville, The Lakeshore Mental Health Institute was closed in the summer of 2012 with remarkably little outcry over this tragedy. Now the closest long-term residential facility for uninsured mentally ill people is in Chattanooga. Peninsula Hospital in South Knoxville only takes people who are uninsured in for five days at a time. Uninsured mentally ill people now have to face choosing between two terrible options. Living under bridges or moving 100 miles from their support network here in Knoxville. My challenge to you residents is to demand this Lent for information from news outlets about this and to demand action from our politicians. And now students, your challenge is a little different. College I am going to tell you is the easiest time to make new friends. Some of you have recently become graduate students or started working, right? A lot harder to meet people now. You know, you can't just wander across the hall and plop down in somebody's bedroom and start talking to them. Yet with each year, college students seem to be shutting themselves off more and more from meeting new people on campus. There are many factors for this. The internet, Netflix, smartphones, Why leave your dorm room? And perhaps people are suggesting, our freshman class is the first class to go through all the way through school with no child left behind. And so perhaps they are less prepared now to talk with people who have differing opinions. My challenge to you students, this Lent is to push yourself to have genuine conversations with somebody very different from you each week in Lent. How am I going to face this challenge? This Lent, every time I walk around campus and every time I drive under the I-40 bridge on Broadway, I will try my darndest to look into the eyes of the people I see and imagine them saying to me, if you wish, you can make me clean. And I am going to pray mightily that the Holy Spirit will give me the courage to truly love them.